Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arman. And you had some stuff you wanted to share, but before you do, so that I don't forget, I wanted to tell you that I have been uh, working on this photography class that I'm doing that's uh, journalistic photography for writing journalists uh, oh. through the Journalists Union. So uh-huh. it's like a class for freelancers. It's like three or four months long. We've had one physical meetup and then most of it is digital. And it's just been so much fun both to like challenge myself uh, sort of artistically in general, mm-hmm. but also I think we've talked about this. We're not good at hypotheticals. We're good with deadlines and like, and, and gold stars. Uh, yep. So just like having someone give me specific tasks, like, you know, work with an absurdly low horizon or uh, work with weird perspectives and work with like, just, you know, a lot of really basic photography stuff, but where like I have to produce something that I will not be ashamed to post to the class group. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to practice aperture. It's an actual like homework and it's a lot of fun. And I'm like remembering why I like photography. So that's that's fun. And also I'm like, what other classes could I take? Because <laughs> you know I me. need a new hobby. How about <laughs> this hobby? <laughs> Uh, yes and no, but it's just it's just fun to be you know reminded of a thing that I used to really like to do. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard to just like I don't know why I'm saying like it's hard to do a thing just for a hobby because obviously it's not we know that. But sometimes you need like the nudge of of someone giving you giving you homework. Yeah, that's really so cool. That's that's my update. Also, uh, I have this week booked my first market of the year is in April, Ooh. which is fun. It's the same one that, uh, or one of the ones that I was at in the fall. So that's a lot of fun. So now I gotta gotta produce a bunch of stuff, and I'm gonna try to get back to my see what I can do for that art show that I had to postpone, uh, and uh, making weird stuff for my school applications. Man, so you're busy. I am, I am. I am too busy. Uh, you're like two years you? of doing nothing <laughs> means I will do everything now. And I really shouldn't. I should be napping. What about you? Uh, well, my big news is I moved out of my studio. I saw on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it's kind of time because I've been kind of floating it for two years now, like through the mm-hmm. pandemic and everything and not being around. And it was really uh, time to give it up. And so moved everything out and moved it all into my house. So there's like a weird back room. Um in the house uh and it was built actually as an artist studio so i was gonna say the one with like the amazing ceiling light thingies yeah yeah so like we moved the studio into windows are the words yeah yes weird light thingies the windows uh yeah because adam's like you know he's not in a playroom kind of age anymore so i just kind of like took it over <laughs> so As we'll you see. should <laughs> we'll see how it goes i mean the light is really good in there and mm-hmm. i was like i was really sad to see it go i felt like it was kind of a little bit of an end of an era but i think if i need another space or i feel like i want another space again then i can go out and get one but honestly i've been kind of spoiled in that um, when we are at the beach that i have my studio in the house yeah and I'm able to like make so much more I or I could like spend an hour doing something and then I can go do something else that like I need to do. It's not it wasn't like when I would go to the studio, I felt like I needed a full day. And that's something we mm-hmm. talked about on the show. And 
having your studio in your home, it's just like, oh, I could just go and, you know, fiddle with something and then I can walk away from it. So and 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 also with both with having a dedicated space to it and also with I mean, your kid is like two, three years older or four mm-hmm. years older almost than when we started, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, I need to, that made me feel like I need to lie down. But you know what I mean? Like he is not a danger to art supplies left out in the same way that he was. So both that you can leave things out because they're not in the way, like in your living room or your kitchen, but also you can leave them out without them being a danger to tiny persons who might lick things, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's still like downsides to having it in our house because the room that it's in is definitely like a thoroughfare because the laundry is back there <laughs> and the garage is back there. So like for like, but there's space cars, to leave it up still. Oh, yeah, there's definitely space to leave it up. But it always means that there will be like traffic literally diagonally through the entire room. <laughs> so there's no way for me to even I mean, like I have a desk that's like a corner, but in terms of like leaving a giant thing out, um, I can't really. So, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works. Always changing, right? Yeah, and like I, it's funny because I feel like sad for you in that you know changes are scary, but it's is also funny because, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted you to do this podcast with me was because you were at the time like setting up your studio and like doing the, you know, I'm gonna treat myself to taking myself seriously thing that we talk Mm. about so often and just like thinking because it was about this time oh oh time is weird but like you've (laughs) come so far in so many ways like you you painted a ton and you've tried other things and then you and you tried selling some of the things you painted and then you found like you've I don't mean it in a like oh your auntie's proud of you it's just been like it's just interesting because it doesn't feel like you're giving it up or you know like a bit, as much as I think it's it feels to me at least like you're like well this isn't my focus right now you know and so it's I don't know weird I- to like know that there is a like a, a an an oral history really of my entire <laughs> like art career here like as a young like I want to say young adult middle-aged adult I don't know what age I am an, an adult I think we're <laughs> Just if adult. I have to break it to you, we're middle-aged. No, we're not. We're just regular adults. We're just regular. It's regular. Middle age right, is okay. 50. People live to 100 now, like all over the place. <laughs> okay. So, okay. We're still, we're not young adults. We're adults. We're just plain old adults. Uh, but not old adults. Anyway, <laughs> right, your a, art journey. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if you are an old adult, like you should be able to have an art journey. But like. Absolutely. It is kind of strange to like know that the whole journey is out there and we talked about it and it was, it, it's just, uh, it's kind of cool to think about it in that way. Like more than just a personal history, I feel like it's now become a public history and, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of, that's, that's really neat. So yeah, moving out of the studio. We're inching towards episode 100 and I feel like, I don't think I have the, 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 emotional stamina to listen to all 100 episodes but to look over what these four years five i have no sense of time four years i'm pretty sure yes <laughs> uh, like what what has happened you know what what have we been through um, yeah i'm not promising anything neither to you nor the listeners but it's uh it's interesting to think about 
anything else you want to update us on? You've been uh, doing no, a lot that's, of that's the big update of, right uh, now. You've been doing a lot of succulenting on Instagram. Looks like. Oh yeah, super busy. That, oh yeah, that's another thing. So I opened up my um, my online sales to kind of like we talked about previously, a mm-hmm. like a pre order kind of thing, and I limited the pre order to like a certain number. It was mainly because I only had a certain number of pots in stock, and so I can only make so many. And um, and yeah, I have still like three outstanding orders because I had a glass order come in all wrong. The, the thing about glass, if anyone who ordered for me and is still waiting for one, when you get them, I think we've talked about this before, like how, like what they kind of look like. Uh, they're made in these like giant, you know, they're melted down in like forges and just like glass blowing uh, reality show. But it's like poured out and it's like made in these giant sheets and then the sheets are broken up. And if you get a piece of glass and like the, the ones that you're ordering, if they have a lot of color and swirl and different layers, they're melting like different colors of glass and then swirling them all together and squishing them. Um, and it's like marbling, right? But glass. And so certain parts of the glass will have like a dominant one color and dominant another color. So when you look online, they show you like a nice pretty picture of like their perfect ideal piece, like what it's supposed to be. And a lot of times when you order that perfect ideal piece, you get the edge or this weird like blobby middle that is way too much of one color and not the other. And so it's kind of tricky. Like when you, one of these ones that I really love, it has like a little hint of white in the background Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it really pretty and kind of translucent and has like pink and green. And it turns out that like, if you get a weird piece, it can be all white with just like little hints of green and pink. And it's like, Whoa, this is (laughs) the exact opposite of what I want. And you know, when you're ordering stuff online, like, like this, and you can't like go into a glass store and pick it out because they're just not that, accessible because there I don't live near one it's um you know you just kind of have to order another Except one your and be fate. like yeah and uh, you know leave a note next time because you didn't know it was going to show up different but it did and then this time you're like please have one that's more green and pink thank you like you do the best you can so now I have to wait like another four weeks for this thing I was thinking like oh it sounds like with glaze sometimes you don't and then I was like yes because that's glass glaze is glass mm-hmm. Oh, you know, really? Can Wait, be... I just said, mm-hmm, I like like I knew, but uh, really? Glaze is glass? Yeah, I think we've talked about this before because... You, I don't think um... we've talked about this. That <laughs> sounds amazing. Wait, so you're pouring when... liquid glass on things? Mm, yes and no. Because uh, you have all these these oxides that are blended out in, in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you dip the thing in the, the glaze, yeah. it just kind of... It, it globs on and the wa- it gets sort of partially sucked into the, the clay body. Uh, of the of the once fired thing and then all of the powder oxide stay on the outside so you you get powder on your fingers because most of the water sucks into the clay body and then when you put it uh in the kiln it heats up to many many thousand degrees uh and the oxides um they melt and sinter and become like a glass surface uh so it's sands and oxides and stuff that's awesome i love that that's so yeah, cool. It's, it's very cool. But That's that also means that... nice. <laughs> yeah. And so because you have all these different oxides interacting with like uh, sand and clay, because like, the clay clay doesn't turn into glass, obviously, because it's a bunch of other stuff. It's kaolin and, and all these interesting things. But yeah, like the colors, sometimes they will do what they want. And uh, it's I think basically it's the same with glass glass. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just... I mean, you you can control it in a super industrial setting, but 
Sometimes it sounds like an excuse to be like, oh, handmade, you know, it's part of the charm is not knowing what yeah. you're going to get because I definitely don't always feel like that. Well, um, you could definitely like order more uniform pieces, but they're so flat and like uninteresting. I mm-hmm. really like the yeah. ones that look much more, um, they're kind of like a little bumpy and organic. They're like called yeah. art glass. So yeah, you know, you risk it. Yep. Okay, so what we're actually here to talk about. <laughs> Which is something completely different. We're like a, we're halfway through. <laughs> Wait, are you are you saying that we're, we're not on, on topic, on track? That sounds, that doesn't sound like That's us. That's not us at all. Uh, well, you, this is good because to... I feel like this is a mini topic anyway, so it's perfect. Absolutely. Uh, and you learned something today and I can, I taught someone something today. So yeah, we have that. Um, so you wanted to talk about fan art uh, yep. and we've had this on our list for a while to start with like what what do we mean by that right like we're talking about drawing a character from an existing property like a tv show or a movie or a game mm-hmm. or something like that and i i say drawing or painting but i mean you can obviously sculpt things i realized that both i and some of my friends have like knitted specific items that we have seen on um a tv show but you could also knit things that are like you know, like a, a tribute to a superhero costume or something. So you can have fan art in a ton of I mean, I guess cosplay is kind of fan art too, right? Absolutely. And you you, know, you could do a weaving. I, I do, I'm sure I've done some sort of fan mug. I did a mug that was a special weird commission that was a beholder from Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. with a giant eye and small slimy eyes on arms. That was fun. That's a kind of a fan art, even if I wasn't specifically like the fan in this case. You do fan art sometimes. Yeah. I'm assuming that you qualify most of those things that you do. Because I'm thinking, for instance, of your lunchbox notes, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've been doing an Adventure Time series for the lunchbox uh-huh. notes. I haven't been posting them a ton, but I really should like lean them like lay them all out and show show them off on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, um, when I like something and I'm really into it and it's some sort of like pop culture cartoon um that I'm either enjoying with my kid or as a, you know, child adult, uh, then I like to spend some time like doing fan art. Like I cause I just I connect with a character or I just really like the aesthetic and it just compels me to draw them or like learn how to draw them. And it's one of those things that I want to talk about because fan art, which you can see all over the place, there is so much fan art. It's like its own genre and it's fairly marketable if the the thing that you are fan arting is amenable to it, you know, like if they are nice about it. And Mm -hmm. then there's also like, so there's the fan art of like, hey, I drew Batman, right? Like, I drew a Batman (laughs) and it looks exactly like the Batman that is Batman. And then there's also like the Batman in my style Batman fan art, right? So Mm -hmm. there are two different types of fan art. One has... (laughs) Batman in my style playing with kittens. Right. Like, you know, putting them (laughs) in new and different situations uh, or different backgrounds. Um, I mean, sometimes fan art can get erotic, you know, like there, there's a lot of different ways for fan art to go. But I wanted to talk about it because it's one of those things that art people or people who like to draw or, you know, any kind of creative person um, might find themselves spending their time doing. And is it, you know, a good use of time? I think yes, I can answer that right <laughs> away. Because like, you're obviously practicing something, even if you're just copying someone else's drawing. But it's also like, 
is it art? You know, like, is it only Mm -hmm. art when you put your own spin on it? Is it still art if you just are copying it? And like, you know, you are doing it freehand. So you're arting it. Like, it's the same as, you know, if you're looking at a person because you drew the person exactly like how they look, is that fan art of that individual? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like when, we, when we've talked about realizing, when we've talked about realizing that real artists use references and like, right. we were both kind of like mind blown. <laughs> right. Like yeah, if, cause, you, cause... if you make like a super real, like a hyper realism drawing of someone, isn't that just like copying them? Like you just copied <laughs> them. Like the same way you would copy a drawing of like someone else's drawing, like a, an Adventure Time character. Like, I don't know. So that's why that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, because I was thinking also like one of the things on my sort of thinky notes here is like it can be a good way to just like get some practice in and not have to sort of think of something to make, which we both talked about is, is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can use it to both like work on getting the proportions right relative to Batman uh, and also, you know, you can work on coloring or shading uh, or, like you said, finding how you would make the thing in your own style. Um, and it's like it, it can be equal parts the fan bit and the art bit being kind of the, the main thing about it. Right. Because sometimes you're just like, it's OK to also be like a kid like, I like Batman. I'm going to draw Batman uh, or to impress you know your child or your <laughs> your classmates should be like that's Look, what i was I gonna drop. say like you can use this as a great tool to be like you know practice one character and be like oh hey you want to see something cool and then all of a sudden you're like amazing at drawing pikachu. slamming out a batman pikachu is crazy hard to draw by the way like yeah it's a lot of weird that. you have to get it real curves. right <laughs> if, you, if you get one little thing wrong you get the most jacked up pikachu <laughs> and i wonder also if like those of us who were sort of creative kids, I think a lot of people not necessarily got started, but have spent time doing fan art. Like I would do fan art of or copies even in some cases, you know, just like drawing certain cartoon characters from like the Sunday funny pages uh, and, you know, more advanced like graphic novel stuff that I was reading. I think I've told you about the weird Sonic the Hedgehog uh, mm-hmm. and tales on a vine escaping Dr. Robotnik that got published in a Swedish Sonic the Hedgehog magazine. I don't think <laughs> I, you did, but that's awesome. <laughs> when I was like 10. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a good it's a good place to get started. And it's a, it's an easy way to get appreciation from people around you. Right. Because if you can make it even remotely accurate when you're like eight or 12, that is very impressive two people around you right <laughs> oh yeah i mean when i was a kid garfield and odie were my go-to like that oh was, yeah that was what i practiced a bunch i drew a pretty cute odie i gotta say <laughs> so when you when you like when you do fan art do you because you said you were working on adventure time is that because that's what your kid is into with the lunchbox art or is it because that's what you want to draw right now like how do you how do you decide what you want to fan out about I mean, it's it's usually like what I'm consuming at the time, like media wise. I mean, my son and I were watching through all of Adventure Time together. So we spent a lot of time, you know, on the couch hanging out and we got into the habit of uh, I set up a little sketchbook for him, which is the most adorable thing ever. And then um, <laughs> I would have mine and we would draw the stuff that we saw 
on Adventure Time. So like sometimes we'd even like, he'd be like, ooh, pause this. I want to draw that piece of cake. It's really cool. So like we would pause the show and then we would do little drawings. And so I have like a little notebook full of like just little fan moments from the show or like a quote that I liked that one of the characters said and I would write it down and then I draw like little sketches, just like very sketchbook style, like pieces of things all over the page. And um, and then for my lunchbox uh, box art, I would like pick a character and I, and I would draw that. But that's more of like the morning of before school. And um, so, yeah, it's just like I... Uh, I, I just I really like a lot of the characters. I like that art style because it's it's almost it is kind of like kawaii style a little bit like everything is very cute and like very colorful. But it's also um, it's kind of wormy like their their arms are like wiggly. And I like that like that they're not <laughs> uh, I don't have to worry about proportion as much because like, oh, I'll just draw like a noodle arm and that totally works. And like some bumpy little <laughs> fingers and we're done. <laughs> so it's a, that's I, I a good cheat code. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So like I enjoy it. It's there it's so much easier than Pokemon. Um But but you've also done some like what I would call fan art in glass, right? Cuz you did Dwight Schrute and you've mm-hmm. done Daria. What made you want to do those? Well, like that's another thing. It's just like a a pop cultural reference that I feel personally attached to. And that's like that's a thing. Like I feel like my glass art fan art is more art because it's like taking these characters and it's in my style, even though like to make a glass uh, pattern, oftentimes you just take a reference image and you trace it, but you're tracing it in a way that like you're choosing the lines and where it's going to be like solid glass and where it's going to be the seam that makes the line. So like, there's a lot of choices that need to go into it. And I feel like you make the wrong choices and you're going to get like a weird image. And again, this is myself justifying like (laughs) the artistic and the, the skill uh, involved (laughs) in making something like this. When you say the word tracing, people just say like, I I feel like people we've talked about this before, but when you say trace people in their brain are like, either I could do that or that's cheating. And a lot of times it's like, that's what you actually need to do to create the thing that you're making. Yeah. And and you have to make a lot of choices while you're doing it. It's kind of like when tattoo artists trace a photo to make the photo and it's like, hey, the tracing looks really weird because they're tracing out all of these sort of shadow and and highlight areas. And also, A, not everyone can trace well. Right. And B, not everyone can then execute the actual thing. Well, right, and I mean, like you have to know where to what you're tracing and like what it's going to look like in the end. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also I could possibly figure out how to like make like how to design the parts to make glass fan art. But I absolutely couldn't make it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're a so super the- artistic person. So you get an asterisk next to your name and a gold little star because we know that if you tried <laughs> it, you would be amazing. I uh, mean, I would be bleeding. I would need to learn the skills is what I mean. I mean, uh, we, we I mean, I bleed all the time. It's like it's one of those <laughs> bleeding hobbies. You just kind of slightly bleed constantly. <laughs> True. No, but like the the sort of I could do that. And it's like it's not just that you didn't. It's like. Mm-hmm. No, you actually could not. But yeah, like I feel like that's more art than like my my lunchbox art drawings, which are just literal copies of someone else's artwork that they they made for a you know TV show. What about if you were to make uh, like a an Adventure Time piece in oil? Is it a time aspect or like which materials you consider more real? I wonder if that would, I mean, again, like I would want it to look accurate like the character. So I'd 
I don't have the cartoonist ability to put this in my own style. Like, okay, maybe I can make like a dot tiff version, but it would, I don't know how well it would translate, but like it, it, like I see people who can take their style or like morph different styles. Like this is in the style of the Simpsons. This is in the style of this, like, and, and change every character. It's, it's magical to me, the people that can do that. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a whole different realm of fan art where I feel like that is, that's the art side. You're taking inspiration and then you're like, drawing these you know characters in your own way because i'm also thinking like if i were to make if i were to make um adventure time art like a a sculpture out of like sculpey or fimo clay Mm -hmm. or if i were to make it out of clay clay i feel like both i think me and probably you and a lot of other people would see the clay clay as realer even if they were the same Mm. proportions because the material is seen as more serious. Would you would you agree? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Not not that not that that's right. Just like the feeling yeah. I get is that you you would feel that the FIMO is more of like playing and and clay is a real medium kind of. But that's like the strange thing about fan art, right? It's like you have to almost like take it to a serious level for it to be taken seriously, but I don't think that's the case. I mean, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time, like capital A, you know, lowercase a. And (laughs) it's just it's just one of those strange, weird things in the art world of, you know, like, are you a fan art artist? Like, is that all (laughs) that you do is like just do fan art? Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I think that there's room for everybody out there. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, just look at any sort of, you know, nerd convention of any mm-hmm. flavor and you will have artists who make a ton of stuff and not just like in Artists Alley, you won't just have people selling, you know, their art. You also have tons of people who will be like, hey, can you draw me rollerblading with Wolverine or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And but that actually, that's actually also a really interesting aspect of it because there you get into like the commercial part of it. Right. Like if you start selling it, like, are you now illegal? Like, is this now <laughs> a you will be arrested and you will get in trouble and slap with a huge fine for copyright? I mean, the answer is like, often what's going on. Often, yes. Because <laughs> that's the thing that I think is so interesting, too, um, because a lot of properties... I mean, most commercial properties, um, books, movies, video games, the people who own those copyrights tend to have to protect them pretty harshly because if they don't, they kind of lose them. Mm -hmm. So I'm always fascinated with people who, you know, will make Harry Potter stickers or uh, Marvel like uh, mug things or whatever. It's like, I'm pretty sure that you have not applied for a license for those things and you can get in so much trouble and especially with like, you know, companies like Disney that I think probably have like several floors of a building dedicated to just people trolling through like Etsy and, and online stores looking for that kind of stuff. And it's it's funny because I'm I think it's fun when people do kind of like, you know, putting their own spin or doing fun, weird spins on on a lot of different properties and things that definitely would never sell as official merch but and and you know I, I think it's fun when people find their own things and can make you know things related to things that people like that was a lot of parentheses in that <laughs> sentence but it's still like it's 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 complicated like with mm. with the beholder 
you know, I don't, I, I, even with custom stuff, I'm careful with what I will do. Like I wouldn't make, uh, I can't think of anything right now, but, and I also mm-hmm. wouldn't like sell Harry Potter cauldrons. I, I wouldn't for many other reasons as well, but like, these are just my cauldrons. They're witchy and they're fun. I'm sure I could be like, these are Macbeth cauldrons. Cause I think that copyright <laughs> yeah, is Macbeth, long gone. Is that like creative commons there? <laughs> it, I mean, it must be, it's, it's many times 70 years. But because because also like, you know, for instance, the the Dwight Schrute thing, I think I think both like for me morally and I think also legally, that's probably fine. I don't know. But also it like that seem like that, like, uh, there's a lot of office fan art out there. And <laughs> just the sheer amount of it, I kind of think like, this is probably okay. <laughs> and also you're not like mass producing them. That was a one off like you know, capital A, capital A, capital A art piece, <laughs> right? It's not like the the succulents. Oh, they're like so the uh the I should say um the little Among Us characters that I were make I was making out of glass. Someone told me that they were um they knew someone or they were the someone who had an Etsy store and they got shut down by the people mm-hmm. who own Among Us. So I yeah, don't I've put heard those of on my happening. website at all. And I'm like, Mm-mm, these are only for like craft fairs only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's the other thing. You can get shut down and, you know, fines aside, you can get shut down and be banned entirely from Etsy. Mm-hmm. And even with all the problems you can have on Etsy, it can be detrimental to suddenly just like lose that kind of you know storefront window whatever you want to call it i mean there are some sticker companies and and, like reprint companies that won't even take fan art like as a uh you know as a printing thing because they're like oh well this is um a copyrighted thing that you are trying to now mimic and we won't even print this for you so it's a it's it seems like it's a strange line to dance like this whole fan art world. It feels like it's a tightrope over lava. Yeah, and I I will say cuz we've had some fan art of the show that we've shared on on Instagram and stuff and uh I think that um the big bosses that really won't come after me if I say <laughs> make all the fan art you want. It makes us happy. Oh, if, I don't think we're copyrighted, so I think we're good. <laughs> and but if you uh if you, for some reason, manage to sell any of it as stickers, you know, shoot a gal $5 on PayPal. Hey, more power to you. I'm I'm all about, like, all the art of everyone that's cool with me. <laughs> or is it trademark? You, are we copyrighted or would we be trademarked? I can never get them straight. One's silly and the other one is okay. I don't know. But go ahead and, I'm cool and with you it. know, <laughs> send me, send me a, a mug or t-shirt or, or whatever it is is you make. Because that's the other thing too. Like if you're just making stuff and like posting it online, just like a picture of it, a lot of the times a lot of creators are just happy to see it because it's so nice to see that someone liked what you did and like spent even, you know, the hour to draw something that is related to you or what you do. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a huge ego boost and it's just cool to be like, Hey, I made somebody do something. Right. And that's the thing about fan art too, is like the whole idea of the word fan, like you are doing it because you love the thing that you're creating, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the image of, or the, you know, sculpture of, but like you are, it's your way of saying like, I love your thing and thank you. 
you inspired me so much that I wanted to like do it too. And it's like, no one is going to be, you know, stealing adventure time from the adventure time (laughs) creators, you know, like it's not like no one's going to steal the Simpsons, like because they make, you know, a, a Bart head out of clay. Like, it's just no one's going to like oh wow i never saw that character before like let me uh let me give you millions of dollars like that's that's not really gonna happen uh so it seems like some people i want to make a million (laughs) dollars but like it seems like some companies will shut you down because they're you just breathe the thought yeah and it's different than like a big company mass producing your copyrighted material right or trademark material i'm so sorry for the copyright trademark nerds out there if i keep saying the wrong one uh you know what i mean but it's like there's one thing of um you know stealing the image and mass producing it and this like like that's not fan art right like just making you know, notebooks with with like this image all over it that is a an image from a cartoon or something, and calling it yours and then putting it out there, and it's like this big thing. It's a, it's a different thing when it comes from like a small personal creator, right? Like, what are we going to sell? Twenty notebooks? Like, <laughs> if we even like put our drawing on the cover of a notebook, this isn't going to be like a a big thing here. So, what what do you think? What property would you want to make fan art of in like? February, March, if you if you were going to step on from from Adventure Time, what would you like to try and play with? I'm still not I'm still not finished with Adventure Time in my heart. It's still it's still there. I talk about it on like every show that I'm on now. I'm like, oh, by the way, Adventure Time. (laughs) I find a way to like slip it in there. I'm like, have you seen Adventure Time? Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm super into it right now. Um, What about you? Like what fan art are you into right now or can see yourself getting into or want to get into? Or have well, recently I've, gotten into. <laughs> I feel like right now I'm into like the sort of more kind of cosplay or or uh, fan bounding maybe. Like, you know, because I've been playing with the, the Hobbit uh, sort of style thing and the new, uh, the new season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel just started. And I feel like I want to both draw some clothes and like play with that from that show and also make all of the fabulous 60s outfits from that show which you know is a a little little cocky of me but why not right i love it i love it that's that's really awesome and while you were talking i was listening but i also thought of an answer because my son and i are now playing through the portal series together um again like the thousandth time for me but the first time for him and so yeah I'm, i'm back into like the portal fan art so you'll be seeing a lot more of that Sorry, nice. people who aren't game nerds, it's coming for you. So what do we got? We got Marvelous Mrs. Mavel. Mrs. Mavel or Miss Mavel? Mrs. Mazel. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Marvel, right? Miss Marvel. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lady Marvel. Yeah, uh, the, Mar- the Marvel's Miss... No, don't do anything with Marvel. They will sue you. <laughs> true. Well, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just going to post pictures. Actually, there's... I can't remember what they're called now, but the, there's an organization that works with the Broadway union stuff that have put out some patterns for costumes. Um, There was a jacket from Hamilton and a dress from Mrs. Maisel. And they put out sewing patterns that you can buy where the proceeds go to help people working on Broadway or not working on Broadway as the case was for a lot of the past few years. That's awesome. Um, So you can, you can, uh, of course I'm 
you know, too big for my britches, so I'm convinced that I can make the dress without the pattern. Of um, course you can. But maybe I'll buy it just to support, you know, a lot of people are, people are back on Broadway the now. The pattern is cheating. No, I'm kidding. No, it's in your brain <laughs> and that's all you're going to hear. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lord so of the mean. Rings. I could see some really cool portal art with glass, though. Yep, it's a, it's in the works. I really want to make it's a in the works. cube. I, it's so I bad. never, never doubted you for for a minute. <gasps> I mean, even before I made my like first real piece that wasn't like janky and terrible, uh, I've had a I had a couple portal and um, half life inspired glass pieces <laughs> in my um, my procreate folder for for patterns. Yeah, that I that I put together. So definitely next when, when I'm finally done with all these plant orders. That that's going to be next. Yeah, and uh, you know, send us your fan art of us or yes. any other fan art of other things as well. Um, so, I yeah, don't know the... if we can share them without getting sued, but we might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to alert any authorities about anyone's fan art. I'll tell no one. <laughs> Uh, so if you um, you can go and find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do and we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram and our email is make pod at gmail.com. So send over those fan arts, whether it's of us. Thank you. Or not of us. Um, also, thank also, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us individually at Tiff Armand and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. Make sure you tag us. If you fan art us, we would just that would be fan art. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, if you fan art us. <laughs> if you fan we would love us. to see it. Yeah, and uh, so we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do and fan. And fan.